Hey, what's up? This is Jay. This is going to be episode 23 of the Painful Podcast. Hey, it's been it's been a while since I had um, since I shared anything. Prior to this episode, it was um, Persona Five, some geeking out that actually was recorded um, about a month ago, and I haven't played the game, and well, I haven't developed the story of the game since. So that was pre-recorded and I posted it just for content's sake as I was beginning to slowly introduce myself back into, into the world of communicating. So now we are, it's what, it's almost September. So much has transpired and another layer of myself I'd like to share. Before we go into that, Welcome again to The Pain of Fool. This space is for you, everyone that has a desire to um, do better for themselves, who's shedding and killing old, harmful ways, who's nerds and who's, who's geeks and, and the weirdos and all of you. Uh, this space is not, um, it's open. As long as we have that that shared <laughs> desire to go somewhere, or even if it's just to honestly, it's just to talk. I don't, I don't really care. I'm, I'm being silly, but yeah. Um, I've been busy creating, and I've been busy uh, working in creativity, and I wanted to pop on here to 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 share a message. Uh, this probably this probably will be a little longer because I haven't been on here in some time, and I and I personally don't feel the need to to have something to say all the time for content's sake. That's something I've been struggling with. Like, okay, as a as a as someone who is putting themselves out there, who has content, how do you? What is it that you need to do? to build, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't really have that. That's not my thing. You know, I may need to work on that. You know, making like a lifestyle situation and all that kind of stuff. I just don't feel the need to um, create that life for myself unless it's artistic or whatever the case is. But anyway, so I've been out and I've been creating and um, the creating has been for a group exhibition that I've been welcomed to be a part of. and. I'm grateful for that. Uh, the group exhibition is titled Black Boy Blue, and it was um, curated by Robert Carter, photographer Robert Carter, based in Philadelphia. And um, I got hit up for this in June, I believe so. I believe it was like towards the end of June. I, I could be wrong, and or maybe mid-June. And the, the group exhibition talks of, well, the, the subject matter, is the synopsis covers um black masculinity and manhood in america and the different perspectives of of identity so i haven't shared my personally have sh like shared my personal um interest in this in this type of dialogue or study because i just didn't feel the need to i didn't know how to kind of talk about it but now it's time <laughs> so this is a uh, more of myself that I I'm sharing, um, and in this it would be wise for parents to listen, 
it would be wise for parents of those children that um, are weirdos that they think are weird. <laughs> the very different children, the ones that are not like the other siblings in the house, or if you just have that one child who's just a little weird or who's just, you know, a, a lot more silent and deeper or more emotional. Uh, yeah, so this is this is for for you and all of those who may have limited perspectives it would be it would be helpful to kind of to take a little bit of time out of your day to, to listen to this so i'm going to use my personal life i'm going to share my bit more of my personal life and then i'm going to get into the rest of it so i um i grew up with i grew up in a in a home with both parents i had a you know both parents lived in the house, my, my mother and my father. I have um, an older brother and we have plenty of adopted brothers at this point. <laughs> but prior to all the adoption and all that kind of stuff, I you know grew up with both parents in the house. And traditionally, you know my, my father worked. He worked a lot. My mother, she you know worked, um, eventually you know stayed home. It was it's very common in my era for um, parents to, to not really, you know, our parents had us when, when they were very young, and many parents of our of our era were not. They weren't given roadmaps. They had no real uh, insight on community and how important it would take a village to raise a child, let alone multiple children. So a lot of our parents were were children having children, and our parents, most of them, uh, most of them did not want us to struggle and they hid it very well from us but they did what they could and they worked to keep a roof over our heads and they and they did what they had to do uh to um to make sure that we were that we were sustained and maintained and that the sacrifice with that was a lot of time to really bond and uh figure out who we were so in terms of personalities, you know, parents, you understand your children. You can kind of see their personalities develop as they're younger. You know, you might have the one child that is a bit more outgoing, that can pretty much create for himself, that can build the life he wants for himself. You can kind of tell like what child is doing what, you know, what child is might, might be selling this or writing checks or, you know, certain things that you can pretty much indicate that that's how they're going to they have they have some talents and some and some abilities at a very young age and you might have the child who just does not really show that yet i use myself i was more of the of the emotional child i came here i came here in this i came here <laughs> i came out the womb emotional i came out the womb very um imaginative and and kind of quiet but outspoken you know question things that could could have caused a lot of it did kind of raise a little eyebrows in it and it was like oh you know i didn't have a filter and that's just what it was you know astro astrologically i like to throw in you know i love throwing astrology but that that sag moon you know sagittarian energies and people who have that sun they typically don't have a uh a filter so i never, I never really had a filter when i was younger and i used to ask questions and i would say things that was just like hey this is just what it is i'm saying what it is um but at the same time, like, I remember just being very, very in tune with my feelings. 
and um, I was in, in tune with, and I was observant to everyone else and their emotions and how they expressed their emotions. And, um, you know, I had more feminine leanings. And by feminine, we're talking, I'm talking right now, I'm speaking energetically. We're talking dark, um, very, very receptive, just wanting just, just listened and retained and observed and kind of just absorbed everything. Um, again, emotional very you know and to a degree secretive i won't deny that uh my brother on the other hand he was a bit more you know it's still emotional but he had more of a know-how um he he would sell he had the ability to sell candy at a very young age he was he had that kind of hustler's energy at a very young age like he was pretty Pretty like at a, at a very young age, you can tell he was he could pretty much sustain his own life. He had that ability to create his own life. He had that masculine quality at a very young age. And I, on the other hand, was just you know very very creative and just kind of imaginative, and that was my thing. So, um, and you know, parents learn your children. That's that's the first thing, and that's what I'm saying. And you should obviously could get that and deduce that by now. Um, you you know, you're going to, by observing and spending more time, and this is again why I say it takes a village because sometimes when you're a parent and you're busy trying to, to sustain your children, sometimes you don't really understand and know how to bring out certain qualities. And sometimes you might overlook them or they, they might, those qualities may not be something that you find um, like, how are they useful to, to their life? What can I teach them? And we, we as parents, par not we, but parents can definitely mold their, their, their children's behaviors, obviously. Um, but, you know, observing your children, you'll see their talents, you'll see certain gifts and abilities that they have, and you might want to see, okay, how can I make the best of this? And in some cases, it doesn't always happen. Like in my case, uh, my, my, my father worked... He was a letter carrier and he worked and he, you know, he came home and he did that on re on repeat. He worked and he came home, same thing, you know, he he did that. And my mother was, you know, she was she was there. So I, I had more time with my mother, more time with her and her emotions. And, you know, I, I had on my mother's side, my my grandmother and grandfather on my mother's side, my maternal side of the family, they had four daughters, my mother included, and one son. So I had my mother, three aunts, and one uncle who has since passed away. And on my father's side, on my my paternal um, side, it's my father with three brothers and one aunt. I'm with one sister, which is one aunt to me. So I had it was like the invert, inverted, or the kind of like the the, the complement, you know, in my parents. So parents were a, a family of my mother's side was a family of of four of four sisters and one brother, and my dad's side was a family of four brothers and one sister. I spent more time, my brother and I spent more time kind of with my mother's side of the family, like on that side. And occasionally my brother spent more time with my father's side, but occasionally it was here and there. Um, but I had more, again, being more receptive and more, you know, Im impressionable. You know, children are like that. And we, and we absorb and I spent more time with more women in my youth and women were very protective over me and were very... Uh, they just kind of, we just, just, that's just how it was. And I had 
again, very imaginative and creative. And I remember watching certain cartoons. I remember enjoying the fantasy. And I remember putting myself in that space and enjoying the and enjoying how how the how the colors and how the things were and how the characters were and their personalities. And I would just imagine all day long, you know, and over time without having that that guidance on, on or or how to bring my either bring those things in my mind to reality or how to how to work and how to create the life for my own for myself uh that side was was to put it plainly neglected um and that's again that's i'm not um, resentful of that from my parents is just what it was they they were they were doing their thing they were busy now I look back and I'm like okay I get it uh, but as a result of my my personality type or my my leanings naturally being that way like I took on a lot of that energy that feminine energy around me I spent more time with my aunts and my grandmother and my grandfather on my mother's side was working and he wasn't really present like that he was there loved him to death um, he has since passed on. Both of my 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 grandparents on my my maternal side passed on. Um, you know, I spent more time with them, and of course, with you know, with my with aunts and things with, with live there. So, um, a lot of the things you know, you have to also consider there was there was social programming on television. There was the television shows that you know everyone watched and was funny. You had the Martins. You had. You know, you had the the Married with Children, you had The Simpsons, you had certain television shows and, and a lot of things that were pretty big back then that also were kind of like geared towards, I'm going to get to my point in a, in a minute, but um, they were geared towards kind of, you know, men, the traditional men not being there or the men kind of having this one type of mindset and the women were usually smarter than them. And the men were kind of like dim-witted and just like stupid or they were just seeking they were just kind of like really just just usually horny or you know just just real lower level stuff so me again me being very visual and enjoying all that the, the, the that's that's what i took in um and children again they're impressionable they take on we take on the things that we see in our environments some some more susceptible than others so i begin to adopt a lot of the qualities of the energy around me, which was primarily women. Um, on top of that, not having that guidance to direct me and to bring me into a, a state of of understanding. Let me let me let me rewind a little bit. I think it's very important that when you have boys that fathers step in to introduce rites of passage to young boys or have a group of men to introduce and take and rites of passage simply means it's the passing i'm going to i'm going to really make it really simple it's growing an understanding of oneself um teaching them as they grow and as they develop into a man and as they grow older how to train them to become men uh that's very important and when we lack that, sometimes we tend to, children tend to become a lot less capable of being, um, managing their emotions and directing things and creating things, creating lot, creating the life for themselves and um, having multiple, figuring out multiple ways to create something. You know how some, some people have those, 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 those elders 
and those men in their lives who can literally do anything. You're like, yo, it seems like nothing is impossible for him. You know, how can he create that? He's been, usually men like that have been taught that by another man. They've been taught by, and we're talking traditional, not the exception. You know, the exception doesn't make the rule. I'm speaking more so in a, in a different, I'm speaking more so in this, in this, in a certain uh, set right now. So just hold off on your other thoughts. But I know, I know some men who can create anything, even when it, when it seems like, you know, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. For some reason, there's another alternative. They're able to make it work. And I know many of you listening can, can identify someone like that in your life. At least one person. If you don't, you, you may at some point. Um, but fathers are extremely vital in teaching morals, standards, uh, how to navigate emotions, how to, uh, how to get things done, however you have to get things done. And we we have been lacking that in in our in our era in our in our household. It's very important. Um, and of course, being a young being a young boy, fathers and and elder men can teach you things about your identity, your gender identity, your sexual identity. How you as you begin to go through puberty, what these mean, what these emotions or these feelings mean, and what you can do with them, and how to navigate yourself through life and without without those things your your teacher will be the public institutions it will be the television it will be whatever it is so going back to my personal life okay so you know you can kind of get where i'm going so you know long story short i began to develop not began to it was kind of like being kind of imprinted on me um one energy more dominant than the other. So I had more feminine leanings and became effeminate at a, at a point uh, because of that, that absence of direction and that absence of, okay, this and, 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 and learn to do this. And, that, you know, education, education and enlightenment, that's, that's a masculine quality. Now, we're not talking, we're not talking specifically down to gender roles yet and, and you know, how people... The societal gender roles of, of how um, masculinity and femininity manifests and all that kind of stuff. We're talking on like specifically education. Education is something that directs emotion. It, it provides you a greater sense of how to direct your emotion. Education is like is is so vital. We're not we're not going to discount feminine the feminine. We're not discounting that at all. But when you don't have a proper balance you find yourself in a very uh strange space sometimes when it comes to reality so i didn't have a great gender identity because of all that i was around and i didn't really have someone i could i, I didn't have that guide on this is what you need i'm noticing that you're that this is how you are this is what you're what you're taking up let me let me show you what this means it takes a village. Not every parent is going to know, but it does take a village. So, um, fast forwarding a little bit in time, I was still kind of like in this very, in a very hazy space where I just was just kind of just existing 
Uh, and 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 when I when I say by existing, I don't mean literally just on autopilot, but it kind of just it kind of felt that way. Uh, it just it was it got to a point where there you know there grew some contention, and I remember just saying, "Hey, um, I'm in the same sex relationship." <laughs> And that story didn't go too well. That that situation didn't go too well. Uh, but I I had to leave, and everything is well now. Like we're you know there's no issues now. Um, but I was in this very just kind of I don't really know who I am phase. And let me also say that many many teenagers and many younger adults. Uh, may not your your parents are designed to guide you and to instruct you on how to be the best you because you know you have your ancestry you have your you have your inherited gifts and abilities and you have your inherited ministry and whatever that is um but again it takes that village to draw it out of you and to and to sharpen you and to get you ready for your thing whatever your thing is or things are unfortunately that wasn't that, it, that just wasn't in the cards for me <laughs> you know it is you know you know it is what it is so i left i left i left my home my parents house and i left with my relationship i moved and i got my own home and and it wasn't, it, it still wasn't, it still wasn't, it just wasn't good in the house, my parents' house. It just, you know, and obviously, as you know, and not to mention I had a Christian upbringing. So that had a lot to do with a lot of everything too. However, I felt like, you know, I, I never felt seen, if that makes sense. And by seen, I mean, hey, this is what I see in you. Let me bring this out and draw this out. It was other people that were doing it that, that had no, no bloodline tie, no bloodline connection. Although what they saw in me was confirmation for me. Uh, because after a point, I began to kind of like, I think I'm an artist. I, I, and then vision started to come to me. Like, I think that my, my, my kind of like my quote unquote ministry is, is in this through the artistic medium, but I just don't know in what way and how. And then I got, you know, when you're younger, you're thinking about the hows and how is it supposed to happen and, and this, and that, and the other. And, um, someone else said to me, you're an artist. And then on top of that, I was, I remember I was in a church, this is before the move out and a woman had an older woman. She, she looked at me. And she looked at my hands and she touched my hands and she said, you have beautiful hands. Are you an artist? And I looked at her and I was like, at the time, I, I think I was still in school or whatever. And I was, I was like, I was like, no, I, I, I'm like, no, am I? And I'm like, I, but I, I know I play some instruments. And she's like, are you a musician? And I was like, yes. And then she looked at me and she nodded. But I always was imaginative. I always doodled and I always did a lot of things and. I didn't know that, you know, it just was what it was. But I, it was other people that was seeing it in me. And I got a little resentful from that. Like, you know, why couldn't, you know, why couldn't you see it in me? And why couldn't you bring this out? And I feel like I could have been better earlier. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I grew up and whatnot. Um, 
But still, I had no real identity. Like, I still had no sense of who I was. You know, it just, I just didn't know. Like, what, what is it that, as a family, like, is there, is there a coat of arms? Like, what do I stand for? Who is me? Like, who, who is me? Who am I? Like, who are we? Like, what is this? What it like? What, what is that? What is that coating that's that I can walk through life? That I, that I have. That's just. That's that's me. That's Justin. That's that's Justin and family. That's Justin Green. What is that? And um, on top of that, you know, I was there was a lot of dialogue and social dialogue that was taking place about toxic masculinity and all these weird things. And I and I felt like it applied to me because I'm like, okay, I'm a weirdo. Not only that, but I'm also in a same-sex relationship, and I'm going to hell tonight. <laughs> so like. I, this, you know, whatever it was to kind of take my mind off of all of that internal, that shaming and that internal damning and all that stuff that took place, I said, I have to leave the Christian church. I have to go. Um, so it just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. You know, it just didn't, it just didn't work for me. And not to mention, I wanted to live my life with my relationship and just live happily ever after. And not have to deal with any of that the still the internal chatter of who are you it was still it was still nagging at me that that whole purpose that thing was calling for me like it's something you got to figure you out so you know it, this was about a year or two in my relationship uh you know this i just i still felt called to spiritual i just felt called to something it's just it just deep has always been deep within my core i had a, a good sister of mine who was always talking about the orisha and she would always type to me about Ogun and Oya and Oshun and Eshu and Olokun. And then I was just like, just looking them up, you know, just browsing through them as if they were like, you know, avatars or cartoon characters at a point. And I was like, oh, Olokun sounds like me. Let's look up Olokun. But 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 at the same time, like, I remember me wanting, because we she, we were having all kind of dialogue. We were talking about, we were having all kind of dialogue. We were talking about the Orisha and then we were talking about um, the goddess archetypes and all these different things and, and like different mythologies of goddesses. And I was thinking to myself, like, well, what about what about me still on this identity thing, this search? And I'm like, there has to be books and mythologies on men, on God archetypes or just like, you know, archetypes on like, what is this? I see these different archetypes. They this look so cool about women and they're like the black, red, and white queens. There's the maiden, the mother, the crone. Then there's there's Demeter. Then there's Inanna. There's, you know, Ereshkik. Like, there's so many different goddesses. And she was like, look up, Dionys look up Dionysus. And I was like, Dionysus just reminds me of, like, alcohol. Like, drink and be merry. Like, what about... Like, what about archetypes that were about men, boys growing to men? And I look back now and I'm like, well, you had Legend of Zelda. There were like different movies. You had action figures. You had all this different stuff. And, you know, I didn't play with Barbies or nothing like that. I was always into action figures. I mean, I played with Barbies whenever I had like my cousins over. Like I would play with their toys and I enjoyed playing with them. But I wasn't like wearing like clogs. and I wasn't doing none of that kind of shit. It was just like I was just creative and I enjoyed that. But um, looking back, I'm like, yo, there were, I played games and I played, I had moments where there were stories about boys and men and, but I wanted it now. And I wanted it first on a fantasy level for it to make sense. So I needed, the, I needed the fantasy version. 
And lo and behold, like I did some searching and um, I got this one book titled The Hidden Spirituality of Men. And then I, I got another book titled The King, The Warrior, The Magician, and The Lover. And this had to have been like 2012, I think, or 20, yeah, 2012. And um, maybe 2013, maybe. And I was still like, I was reading the books and you know my comprehension wasn't really that strong then because I was so in the clouds. I remember vaguely something about the green man and I just kind of left it alone. And then I was reading that book about the king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover, and they talked about different stages of, like these are four different um, archetypes within every man that can be developed. One or two or all could be developed at, a, at the same level, maybe if you're, if you're one of those, if you're cut from a special breed, but everyone is most likely to have one of those that are gonna be more pronounced. I still didn't like, you know, I'm just like, whatever. Uh, I didn't really get it. Put the book down, went back to my Arisha, kind of like Arisha studies. Was typing on the Arisha of uh, Olokun. Um, and if you don't know what Arisha are, just take the time out and look them up on, on Google. O-R-I-S-H-A for now. Um, it should be R-I-S-A, but long story short, I typed in Olokun and I found this podcast of this man speaking and his voice was like 30 decibels like low and I'm like something about him felt familiar and he was like he sounded like he was like regular and I'm like oh my god like this makes so much sense I'm like oh so the Orisha Olokun is not some like fantasy it's 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 real and it's and it's a it's a consciousness it's a way of thinking or it's 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 action it's a certain it's it's more than just what I thought I like this. Oh, okay. So this is still along my path of figuring my identity and just doing things. And, and it somehow I got back to another form of spirituality that just was like, here are the sciences behind life. But even still, once I got there and once I, I spoke with that, his name was Chief. His name is Chief. Yeah, you, you hear me talk about him in my previous episodes. I talk about him a lot. Um, that's, that's how I met him. Actually, it was through a podcast of Olo Kuhn and I found him on Facebook. I added him on Facebook and I'm like, oh, I love this man. I love his channel. And he's like, well, you know, join the class. I knew spiritual training class, join the class. And I joined the Facebook group and I'm like, Hey, you know, my name's Justin and you know, I'm such and such and I'm in a same sex relationship and I'm this and I'm that. And I was just like, so like I was an open book and, um, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, I kind of was like, all right, I'm maybe I'm too optimistic. And I, I, I tend to carry that optimism all over the place. And um, one day the question came back up and the conversation came back up about gender identity and sexuality and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, yo, I cannot escape this. Because I still, I still wanted to figure this out. Like I still wanted to understand who I am and, um, there was dialogue in the in the the, um, the group about sexuality, and I was just talking about it. And then there was a a, a, pot, a blog a blog talk radio episode that he did about it, and it was just a, a dialogue that I listened to and I enjoyed it so much because it was it was um, a man talking about his struggles with his sexuality, and um, he was just talking about that. And I'm just like, oh my god, I understand this. This is interesting. 
And uh, all this, while I'm in my relationship, you know, it wasn't like, you know, some of the stuff, but I was listening to him about it. And, and I was like, yo, like a lot of this dialogue is, this is really great. You know, they weren't hearing a lot of like crazy talk. Um, people were just like objective and they were just trying to understand things and they were just trying to make sense of it all. And it was the first time where there was a space that was like, there's no, no one's throwing mud, no one's saying anything crazy and it's being regulated. I'm like, oh my God, okay. Um, in previous experiences, in previous spaces, because I didn't understand myself, I was just, words were being thrown at me. So I internalized that and that became the center of my reality on top of not knowing who I was on in the middle of that. So I, I carried shame. Uh, I carried confusion. I didn't know like what was going on, but here I am in a relationship. And might I add that my relationship is where I learned a lot about creating my own life, my identity. Like I learned so much about, hey, this is how you work a screwdriver. Hey, this is how you build this. Hey, this is this is this is what my how my family is. My family is where we, you know, no family's perfect. But where we have we have the freedom of expressing our emotions. I learned this in my relationship. I learned family quickly, and um, I was able to see it in other in other dynamics. And I'm like, oh my god, like this is this is crazy. And it was weird for me, weird for me because you know it was just it was just unfamiliar. So. All this stuff, it just wasn't just my 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 gender identity or my sexual identity. It wasn't even that. It was so much more. It was family. It was who am I? Who who what is this? And and how do you navigate yourself in these unfamiliar territories? You know, what like so um again, parents, when you coat your children, when you give them your their identity, when you when you raise them and you show them, um Unfamiliar territory will not have an impact on their identity at all because they'll they'll have that coat of arms. They this is who I am. I am this. I am that. Um, it may not apply in every situation though. You know, it may not apply. But so I learned a lot in that in my relationship, and um, you know. It, it, it's, it was just, it was difficult for me because I'm like, yo, this, how is this not right? But I'm, I've actually, I'm learning so much more about my character. Like things are changing and I'm learning, I've, you know, I'm being, you know, it was just, it was interesting to me, but um, it, this isn't even about sexuality. This, that's the interesting thing about this whole thing. After I, after I did all that, you know, I met Chief Yuyana and I met Anu Spiritual Training. Then I purchased his book because I still was like, you know, I was like still on this verge of trying to understand masculine, feminine, and I was interested in like Prince and David Bowie, and I was interested in like all those artists who like presented a little androgynous because I just didn't really, I'm like, I didn't, I don't really understand, but they're so, they're so visually dope to me, you know, they remind me parts of myself, but I was never that one guy to ever like don myself in, in like in really feminine attire i just just by default was just smaller um you know i just kind of looked that way but i never i never did anything extra i never like tried to wear feminine clothes or try to wear makeup or any of that kind of stuff 
but I identified with like those those kind of like um, very ambiguous people, gender gender ambiguous people. But um, I just I wanted to understand. Then I wanted to understand male and female because I'm like with all this shit going on with the gender stuff, the sexual identity stuff, like the who am I? So I got this book, Grasping the Root of Divine Power. And it was like on page 23 or something like that, 22, one of those two. It's, it was a, it starts about, it starts talking about light and dark and man and woman. And I'm like, oh, because I had somewhat of an idea of like, I'm like, because I was like, yo, like masculinity reminds me of like the number one, like it's forward moving, it's structure, it builds structure, it, it's light, it's, it, it defines, it's something. I'm like, but I really couldn't articulate it. And I'm like, a femininity is just like, it's a zero. It's like, I can't, it's like a, it's like a, I, I couldn't, it was just symbols in my mind. And then I read that and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it. Like, here it is. Here, here it is. And I remember messaging him and I was like, you know, the confirmation that I have in this book is so, it's so early on. And I'm like, I just got into the book. Um, so my life took a different turn. It became more spiritually centered and more of the spiritual sciences to really figure out who I was. And then I was like, I, I became so much more interested in now back to the manhood stuff. I was like reading different books and trying to understand manhood. And, you know, I, and I had some some issues with male authority, very, very few. But it was more so of like from being kind of like the weirdo. It was like me being afraid of possibly being rejected by by like an older man or being like, you know, you know, teased or whatever the case was. So I kind of avoided them. I avoided like I avoided a lot of those those elders, those elder men and, and some women, too. I did a certain type. It was like a certain authoritative type. I just kind of avoided because I'm like, I don't want to be accused of being too soft. I don't want to feel worse than what I already feel for just being who I am. I don't really know who I am to begin with. So um, I got more educated and I developed more courage and more confidence. And I just, just, just went through life and I just learned to confront fears and, and get with fears and, and move through those fears. And I began to encounter more, well, I began to open myself up to building more relationships with men. And uh, then became the toxic masculinity conversations again and all these different issues like the war between men and women and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, yo, this is too much. So I began to read different think pieces and, and I get I began to listen to different men talk about their issues with with like how the family dynamic is being destroyed and how um, there's this feminist movement and all these different things that were coming up. And um, I began to get angry because so many things that men were expressing, I remember hearing in my youth um, through a lot of the relate through a lot of the relationships that I that I recall. I remember watching a lot of women just dog their men, their husbands. I remember vividly, and I'm like, but you know, and some of these men were just good. They were just regular, you know, regular dudes. You know, they. I remember so. I remember it vividly. Like you would think that. Um, the kind of life that I had, it was interesting because because of the 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 dominance of women that I I seen and heard a lot of women kind of 
I got the inverse. Like so many people are like, you know, why well, my, you know, the men in my family were abusive or whatever. But on my side, I remember even in my, even in school, like women were just, just not, well, I'm not going to say school because in school it was, that's why I learned that it was trash. You know, the, the kind of like, this the crazy shit that, you know, high school, high school and school, public schools corrupt us anyway, but in my in my life outside of school, it was a lot of like the men getting dogged <laughs> and men being stupid, men being bird brains, men being this, men being that. Like that's what I experienced. So um, I became a zealot for a little bit. Thankfully, never to the degree of like, of publicly like humiliating myself and getting like destroyed on social media. I never got to that point. But for a while, like in my man studies and in my experience with men and like the issues between men and women, I went from like super identifying with a lot of the women's pain and issues that they had with men to now kind of going all the way to the left of the other side of it and just kind of like sitting on the side of the men and dealing with and hearing all their issues and siding with them and just kind of adding to the stupid rhetoric and adding to the arguing instead of bringing people together. And it was just like, what is this? So I became like this kind of like this soldier for for like men's rights. And in my head, because I never did anything, I never like participated in any rallies. I never like I never did anything behind the scenes. I never given to anyone like I was young. You know, I didn't really know what to do. I was just I was just angry behind my phone and I was angry in my space about and angry about certain things. So then, of course, I began to, you know, again, attract like well-balanced elder men. And, you know, they are traditional and they teach things. They teach and heterosexual and they teach about family and they teach about the things. And, you know, and again, I was like, OK, I'm kind of leaving that that place of kind of the internalized rejection, internalized, all that kind of stuff. And I'm really like listening because... A lot of the things that that are being that are being spoken make sense. A lot of these individual issues in, in, in the society would be so much they would be reduced if we start repairing the families. And I remember saying, I don't ever see any social movements that support repairing families. I mean, people may say, oh, that's that's just that's the given. That's everywhere. That's therapy for that. But, you know, there's family therapy. But I don't see any social movements like I see everything else. I don't. I don't see like the, the family movement. I don't see any of the, those type of things. And, I, and if anything, whenever I see someone post it, uh, it doesn't get that much attention as something else would, you know, some more of a different, a different social topic. But I was like, you know, honestly, if families were repaired, if, if people spent more time investing in proper mating and, and choosing the right partners and choosing the, you know, and, and making sure that everyone's checking their medical histories and certain things, you know, were mating right, then we would have less issues in the households if we really cared enough about the children that we were laying down to create and the people were, were, were attracting and were inviting in how much better would our lives be? How much more balanced would our families and our children be? So I got that. And I said, I understand there's so many different issues and social issues that are prevalent 
today, but it starts it starts at home. So that's where my attention has been. And fatherhood, which is a very, very important thing, is important to me. Um, because of my awareness of how it affected my upbringing and how my awareness, how it affects upbringings of boys and girls. So, okay, so back to me being a zealot. So I was a zealot for a little bit and then I began to like, kind of like think, and you know, when you, when you have elders, you're like, I want to be like them. And sometimes and by this time I was, I'm a four, I, well, I was a foregone adult for, for, for a minute by this point, but you know, you see your elders and you see them doing so great. And you're like, I, I'm supposed to be you. Still an identity, some identity issues. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be you, you know? Um, so I, I internalize some more issues. Like, you know, I'm too small. I'm, I'm too skinny. I'm too short. Uh, the standards of what people are finding attractive, you know, are, I'm just, I'm too this and I'm not, I'm not enough. My voice is not deep enough or I don't project enough. Um, you know, your feet are small, you know, just random shit. Like, you know, you stop in the boys section, all that kind of stuff that I was still struggling with. Uh, and we all do, we all struggle with that are certain parts of ourselves in that way. And a lot of us still in our 30s are still like getting through that. You see the movements going on about accepting yourself. and But usually that's accepting, accepting your personality and kind of like continuing to downward spiral into poor habits. That's not what I'm speaking about when I say accept yourself. And what I'm talking about, uh, it's not about still making harmful decisions and treating yourself like trash and, and having however you want to do your life and how it's affecting you. By all means, you have autonomy. Do your thing, but I don't advocate that. So back to that, back to what I was saying. So I just, you know, I wanted to become my elders and that's who I was supposed to be. Forgetting that, Jay, you're, you still, you're, you're emotional. You're an artist. <laughs> you know, you, um, you're not, you're not the, you're not the one to be in the forefront. You're not the, you're not the, you're not, that's not who you, you're, who you're supposed to be. Your leadership is not in leading a crowd. Your leadership is in leading your own life. Your leadership and how, and how you grow is through how you grow as, as, as I'm going to use the term priest in your priesthood or in your ministry is through submission. Your work is through yielding your work, your identity, and all of which you are comprised of is through yielding. Your leadership and all those things that, that you think identify you on the outside, which is by the things that you think you, that you're supposed to do, you're just supposed to be. And not everyone, not every man is going to be Paul Bunyan. Not every man is going to be the one on the forefront. You know, it's not gonna be the soldier. Not every man is going to be, you're not going to be the one that's that's toting guns or you're not going to be the one in the streets. You might be the one behind the scenes. You might be the one that's that's just that's just the artist with the headphones. You might be the one that's just the support in the IT in the IT. You might be just, you may not be that guy that's ripped and can pick up, you know, pick up three little girls, you know, little little toddlers and, and play 
swing, you know, as they sit on your, sh you may not ever be that guy. You may not ever be that one. So I had to accept that, <laughs> that I had to, I had to stop looking at everybody else and just receive what I'm being taught. Go beyond, go beyond the surface. You still have your own, your own life. You have to, you have your own ministry. You have your own thing but it's not remotely designed to be someone else's. So, I say all that to say, it takes a village. It takes a village to show you and it takes a village to teach you that you have it all in you already. It's how do you maximize? How do you actually, how do you do all that? Like, how do you bring all that out? You, you study, you learn discipline from your elders, you apply all the information, but it's, it's going to be done in your way. Your own ministry, your own life mission is yours. And to, to get so wrapped up in focusing on how you present based off of someone else's image, completely forgetting that what they experienced and all of what they encountered is why they're presenting like that. I'm not saying their experiences make them who they are. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that um, the way they show up in the world like that is because of how they live their life. No. Everybody has their own light. Uh, everybody has their own darkness. It's, it's the elders who are the ones that guide us to staying right. So Black Boy Blue for me was an experience on me, was a, is a sharing of my experience through understanding myself. And I share parts of my journey of how I came to accept the fact that I can't be anybody else but me. I am not saying in this that my behaviors or whatever it is I'm, I'm stuck there. I'm staying there. I am ever changing. And I embrace change with open arms and, and neural pathways. <laughs> like I embrace change with all of my neurons, despite as, as, as scary as it may feel. I embrace change. I embrace, I don't like being the same. Uh, I'm not going to be the same after this, after I, after I share this. And after this work goes up in the Moss building on August 30th, at five, when the show opens at seven and I explain this, we have the open panel discussion. That's what this thing is about. That manhood is, is it's, it's culturally centered. And if you, another good, another book I uh, read, another Chief Yuya book was um, Solutions for Dysfunctional Families. And in that book, it, it states, and I'm summing it up. If you do not select a culture, 
one will be chosen for you. And that's another part of why I stress the whole thing about identity. Your, your family, your parents are the ones who create that culture for you. They, they create that. That is part of the coat of arms that covers you. So if those things are not lined out, lined up for you, if you don't have that, you're stepping into the world, you're stepping into the wolves, the lion's den. You're, you're going to be surrounded by hyenas. And uh, you will have to survive. So parents, elders, you know, guardians. And I and I'm applying this to myself because I I'm just saying like you, you have to you have to have a, a group or a community. You have to have a culture. You have to set something for your children, get to know your children, understand your your, your children's life. There just just get just get into know them. Get to know them. I know that that sounds that sounds like an insult. I made you. I know no, you don't parents don't know their children. They have to get to know them. You can get to probably understand their certain aptitudes for certain things, their leanings, but get to know them. Get to know your children. Also, in the the topic of manhood, which I'll get to another point. Um, only only men can validate and create other men despite what society says <laughs> what I what I support and endorse is um, only men can tailor and create other men so again um, this isn't over you know I missed some things I know that um, I know I missed a couple pieces but uh i don't want to make this too long so the show will be the 30th i'm submitting this work this work was custom tailored to the experience and i have two other paintings i'm submitting as well the king of swords <laughs> and um the king of wands i call the chief of staves they both are relevant. Fire and air, they're both relevant to this thing. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm willing that this really helps and that you see more and understand more of me and how and what this means. Because I'm changing, I'm growing, I'm learning who I am day by day, and I'm not allowing my experiences to define who I am. Um, learning to define myself from the top down versus the bottom up. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's some good stuff. So until next time, I'm going to um, get some sleep and share more. Professor Rockets out. Bye. <laughs> Peace.